Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formerly off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, and, you know, this podcast is going to be a solo episode because I wanted to begin this journey with you with um, an understanding of who I am, where I came from, what type of upbringing I was raised with, so that you can kind of understand the lens that I see this world and life and uh, journey through embodying my pelvis (laughs) and taking that into a more professional place. So I actually pulled a card before I sat down to record and it revolved all around the inner temple and paying attention to what the message was inside my heart and being devoted to this process and practice of, honestly, it feels more like a practice of opening up my throat chakra, which of course is very connected to the root and the sacral chakras and honestly the rest of them as well. (laughs) But this episode will definitely be more for your understanding of, again, just where I came from so that we have a level of trust and just a firm foundation for us to launch off into this journey of, oh my goodness, tons of cool conversations. And I think they're going to be really expanding for many of you along the way. So why don't we just get started (laughs) with where and what I was taught to believe growing up. So I grew up in Southern California and it was in LA. My mom and dad were very devout Christians. My dad was a pastor and they definitely didn't talk much about bodies uh, in regards to what was going to happen to my body when it came to puberty, nothing like that. So when I first got my period, this is kind of the first beginning of my relationship to my pelvis. And when I first got that period, I, I knew it was coming because We had pelvic health class, or not pelvic health class, but sex ed in middle school. And I knew a little bit, right? I thought I was going to use pads the first time, and I did. And I was in the seventh grade. I was 12 years old. First thing in the morning, woke up with the period there. And yeah, I used a pad for the first time because my mom only used pads too. 
Come to find out, I was a little too athletic, a little too active to feel comfortable in pads. So I had to teach myself how to use a tampon. And how I did that was just through the diagram that was provided, which is so funny to think about that. That diagram for me at first was so confusing. I did not understand that sagittal plane dissection and where things were in my body. I It was just so hard for my brain to grasp that orientation of my organs. <laughs> but I was, you know, successful in that and felt comfortable with that. I grew up with an understanding that I was supposed to save myself for marriage. So as I started to come more into my body in high school, you know, puberty makes your boobs grow and your butt grow. And um, yeah, definitely started getting interested in boys. But I had that conditioning in me that having sex right away wasn't the right thing to do. And there was, a yeah, just a lot of conditioning around that. I wouldn't say necessarily purity culture. It was almost just like not talked about. It was just assumed that I was going to save myself. So come to college. I was 18. Uh, I actually, I don't even want to say the phrase lost my virginity, right? Because that's not really what happened. There wasn't a loss. And just having sex for the first time around 18 years old. And uh, there was, it would mean, it was just an exploration, to be honest. And there's a story that comes to mind where it's it's really interesting because I guess I should have started with this. The personal journey that I've been on has really been just the other side of the same coin when it comes to my professional uh, journey. So they're very closely and interrelatedly woven, for lack of a better phrase. And so everything that I experienced in my body has just been more information for me to share and begin to understand the inner workings of maybe how it happens for other people too. So when I actually had a, a boyfriend in college and I went to University of Washington in Seattle and it was a very specific moment where I got a call from my mom because she had <laughs> been told by my dad that there was a charge on my bank statement saying that I'd gone to Planned Parenthood. And so she calls me, not really frantic by any means, just you know, questioning and concerned and asked me, are you okay? Like I saw this. Um, this charge on your card for Planned Parenthood, what's going on? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I just bought birth control. And she was like, wait, why do you need birth control? And I was like, well, I'm having sex and I wanted to be safe. And to be fair, that was the messaging again, I was receiving as well from friends and from just the greater education on protecting yourself from pregnancy. And so I thought the pill was just going to be the answer at the time. And it it worked fine in that way. Um, and she kind of freaked out. And I remember just needing to take a moment for sure and going on a walk around the neighborhood. And I ended up breaking out in hives because of the guilt and shame that was being projected onto me 
And maybe that was an inner thing that I was feeling right in the moment because I'd, again, grown up with all that messaging about sex and marriage and what it meant if you didn't save yourself. And goodness gracious, for a long time, that charged me. And sometimes back then I would get really emotional about it. And, you know, I ended up coming back home and having a deeper conversation with my mom about it. And then she told us some details about her experience with sex and what that meant for her. And, you know, it did hit me in the heart a little bit about, okay, well, maybe maybe I should, you know, be more selective and be more cognizant of who I'm engaging in this type of energy exchange with, right? I didn't call it an energy exchange back then, but that's what it is. And I decided to become, quote unquote, a born again virgin, (laughs) Um, deciding to, again, just take charge of that part of myself and not share it with everyone. But it wasn't from an empowered place at that point, which was interesting to think back about because I definitely had those experiences of being cut off from relationships because I wasn't going to do that with this person, this man. And so there was a lot of heartbreak and wondering, am I enough? Am I just worthy? Right. Those questions of inner worth came up really early in those college days, which again progressed into more of this like professional or not professional, but personal development that comes in later into the story. And ah. Uh, if we flip it onto the professional side of my path. So while I was in school, I was focused on physical therapy in undergrad. I was majoring in communications. I minored in dance because I fell in love with movement. And I already had danced in and cheered in high school. So I was very familiar with that kind of expression, which was fun for me. Although, yeah, psychology was another favorite for a major. However, I stuck with communications that I could apply that to anything, which is so funny to think about looking at it now. Um, I had interned for UW Athletics and was doing athletic training. And I was curious about maybe going that route because I was always into sports and wanted to work with athletes. But when I was actually talking to my mentor at the time, she was like, well, if you want to help athletes, then definitely go the athletic training route. If you want to help more people, physical therapy might be more your thing. I ended up picking that, obviously. And I worked in an outpatient ortho after I graduated as an aide. And it's funny to also think about how human design plays into my story a lot when I look back at it. Um, I'm a projector energy type, and we truly need to wait for the invitation and the recognition and any suggestions that people give to us. You know, we don't have to accept every invitation, but when I do say yes or when I have said yes, it it makes a huge impact on my life. So uh, a PT that worked at the clinic I was at suggested that I apply to University of St. Augustine, which she went to the one in Florida. But when I found out that they had a campus in San Diego, I was all in. I was I was ready to come back home. So I got into school and I started at St. Augustine in 2014. And it's funny to think about like in the 
in the time frame of PT school, I loved school. It was super fun for me. We were introduced to pelvic PT, and at the time, I had zero interest. I was actually still interested in doing sports med and ortho, which is um, orthopedics. So working with our joints, our bones, and alignment. And during this time, too, I also got back into yoga. I had taken some yoga classes before in college, and I honestly don't remember if they were Bikram, but they were definitely hot. And I just fell back in love with it because there was, again, another suggestion, (laughs) Uh, a buddy that was paired with me who was um, a term ahead of me in school asked if I had any outlets for stress because stress comes up in grad school. It just does with tests and um, practicals and things like that. So she asked if I had anything and I said, you know, I work out, I'll run. Um, And she was like, you should try yoga. And so I did. I tried at Yoga 6. I got a $30 Groupon for one month of yoga and was obsessed, (laughs) Uh, especially when I found certain teachers that were working there at the time. And I loved it so much that I ended up doing their yoga teacher training while I was doing the uh, last bit of my last internship in PT school. I decided I was going to teach yoga and I was going to incorporate it into whatever practice I landed in. Uh, and then upon graduation, I I did start teaching. I actually started teaching yoga before I started practicing uh, physical therapy. I landed at a great outpatient ortho clinic in 2016 and I was teaching yoga on the weekends and through the week, like a hot, slow flow, deep stretch, all these fun classes, all these differing formats. And I was truly deepening into my spirituality again at that point. And yoga for me was kind of a kickstart into that personal development again. Um, it, it really did teach me a lot about communication and true listening and holding space. So while I was in practice, I was working six days a week. Subconsciously, I was getting burnt out because again, we're seeing you know anywhere between 10 to maybe 14 uh, patients in a day. And I was maybe energetically not holding my own very well at that point. If I look back at that, subconsciously getting burnt out for sure because I was saving up all my time for a family vacation to New Zealand. That was really important to me. So I wasn't really taking any time off unless it was like a true holiday. And all this buildup started happening and pressure and stress at the time. And I ended up with a painful urge incontinence. So I had showed up to work one day after I had had a little exploration with a vibrator and really probably just like rushed off the bed essentially is how I thought about it later or how it was brought to me later. And so all this kind of pressure was still there and it it did come in as like an urge incontinence that was super painful where I would experience this urge to go. And then I would go to the bathroom, nothing or be Barely anything would come out. And it wasn't like blood or anything. It wasn't a UTI. 
And I would just have this urge to go again immediately after leaving the bathroom. And I was, I looked probably so ridiculous to my patients at the time. And in the morning, it was like I was sitting on my heel to help plug things up, to help me brace. And it was like I couldn't relax, right, for fear of potentially peeing my pants. And I finally got the the bravery at the time. I guess you would call it bravery to share with my male boss that this was happening. And he was like, oh, my God, go home, you know, take care of yourself. So I got to go home and rest. And before I did that, though, I actually ended up calling a pelvic physical therapist who had come into the clinic and I was working with her for something else that she needed help with. And I asked her, I told her what was going on. Like, I use a vibrator in the morning. I am feeling this crazy urge to go, but nothing's coming out. It hurts. What do I do? And she was such an angel and just talked to me over the phone and and basically explained to me that I was probably just stressed out and I didn't really get that chance for my body to come to a fuller resolution after having an orgasm. And I needed to come down in my nervous system and just calm and breathe and just tap into that pranayama that you know, I knew so well in yoga, but I wasn't even thinking about it in this context. And I had never, ever really related it to my pelvic floor. Although a lot of times when you think back to maybe a yoga class that you've taken, they cue a lot of Mula Bandha, which is pelvic floor lift, and Uddiyana Bandha, which is like belly button to spine. And they hardly ever say like, relax it, let it go, right? So it was only in those contexts that I had heard about that pelvic floor engagement. And so to actually like release and come more into a parasympathetic place, that was different for me. And I had never really had to do that. So I was encouraged also to go home, take some deep breaths, calm myself, and maybe use the vibrator again and see if I could release all the way and let myself come to, again, that fuller resolution and downregulate my nervous system. And it worked. And it didn't come back again until I was stressed in a different scenario. But I, at that point, knew the oncoming symptoms and what that felt like. So let's kind of switch it back to the clinic. I was, again, just really burnt out energetically. And I was actually I had a great time on my family vacation and I had been offered a different position at a wellness company where I would be doing more home visits. And instead of seeing clients or patients for uh, 30 minutes to an hour, I'd get to spend 90 minutes with them. And I ended up deciding to like leave the clinic, which it was all on good terms. And I went to the wellness company and had a great time doing that. That was in 2018. In April 2018, I went to a talk. This was also actually uh, an invitation. And the person who invited me, my friend Rachel, she couldn't even come to this talk. But I decided to go by myself anyways because it sounded interesting. The title was something along the lines of like woman, medicine, and power. And Kimberly Ann Johnson was speaking at Be Well at the time, which was part of Gather's operations in Encinitas. And by the end of that talk, I kid you not, I've told, I've said this story many times where I've been interviewed in some other podcasts 
And I was sobbing in that because she had been talking about her her clients who had interactions with people in quote unquote authority or power telling them that they would never experience pleasure again. Their vaginas were atrophied. There was nothing they could do. Uh, Their pain that they were experiencing from any scar tissue was not changeable, not malleable. And oh my God, I was just, I was so sad. And I had also just picked up in my own system like, well, I don't even think I've had that big of a sex life, sex experience. And that wasn't like a comparison or a judge, but it was just very like, wow, that's how I feel. Like I feel, I felt at that point inorgasmic. It was really difficult for me to get to feel that kind of relaxation and expansion and climax. And I asked her at the end of the class or the talk, like, I'm a PT. What can I do to help if there is anything? And she goes, if you have the chops, get into pelvic PT. And I kid you not, that kicked off my bigger interest into pelvic PT. So I talked to the original pelvic PT that helped me with my issues and asked her about courses. And I was looking into everything. I decided to go with Herman and Wallace. And by the end of that year, I had taken my first pelvic PT continuing education course. But meanwhile, let's kind of, again, do a little rewind for my personal connection to my body. So that talk was in April. Kid you not, next month, May 2018, uh, my friend Megan, who was also another PT friend, she had passed me this book, Woman Code by Lisa Vitti. And she said her sister read it, gave it to her. She read it. And like, you need to read this. And I was like, okay, another suggestion. I, this sounds interesting to me. I'm curious because as you know, right, I was on birth control. I was often on the pill for multiple years throughout college. And then in grad school, I actually switched to the NuvaRing. And then by the time I got my hands on the book, I was on the patch, which out of the three, definitely the patch felt the best for me. But after reading Woman Code, I had to reflect on what was what was being put into my body because at the time I was really concerned with eating organic. Uh, I really cared about the exercise that I was doing, really taking care of my body. And so I had to ask myself, I was just wondering, if I care so much about what I'm digesting, eating, why am I putting synthetic hormones into my body? And then I was just really curious. I was curious if my body, after having been off and on different kinds of birth control for 10 years, would my period come back? Because I honestly, at that point, couldn't remember what my period was like prior to being on birth control. I'm pretty sure it was just regular because I never had any memories of um, painful migraines or cramps or anything like that per se. But I was curious and I'd never tracked my cycle before. So Woman Code, as many people may already know, this is the book that really changed the game for me. (laughs) And by the time, okay, I had finished the book, um, 
some insurance things were changing. So it was kind of a nice, you know, push me out the door kind of thing. I did know that I didn't want to come off birth control in a cold turkey kind of way because I had heard, you know, and read about birth control or post-birth control syndrome where, you know, your period can, could come back with a vengeance. And I didn't want that. <laughs> so I decided in September of that same year that I would come off of it. And I first started with cycle syncing my fitness. So that was making really small tweaks. That was really simple for me because I was already working out maybe five days a week. Um, but it was just altering what kind of exercises I was doing and really paying attention to my energy and noticing how I recovered because all of that changes throughout your cycle. And if you're curious about that, the U.S. women's national team, uh, they did some cycle syncing during their training before winning the World Cup a few years back. And they attribute their win to the fact that they cycle synced their training. So if you're curious, look into that. I can post a link in the show notes. That's fun to say. Show notes. And so after that first month of cycle syncing my fitness, the second month I added on nutrition, which was a little bit more challenging. But was what was cool was that I got to shop off a list that's provided in the book. And I could curate a bunch of fun recipes that uh, reflected what food your body needed in terms of micronutrients and balancing your hormones just through food, which is her whole shtick, right? And it's funny because looking into the future, it's it's almost just like intuitive eating because what your body truly craves is what's what ended up being on the list for me, at least after a little bit of time. I also followed her birth control rehab um, list for some other supplements that I would take at the time. And those are listed out on my blog. So I can also link that if anyone's curious. And I kid you not, shortly after, so it was two months of cycle syncing basically before actually coming off birth control, I was still taking or putting on the patch. And that after those two months, I didn't put on a new set. I waited a month. And two days after my period was supposed to come, it did. And ever since then, my period has been regular, beautiful, cranberry red, no problems except for some significantly stressful times, aka March 2020. And later on in that year for me, it was July 2020. So only at those points had my blood been a different color that just told me, okay, something's off. Like we're stressed. How can we manage this? How can we do better next time? And if we, again, just fast forward through all this time, I'd been working for the wellness company and again was starting off with pelvic PT. I had also taken a prenatal yoga training and started teaching prenatal yoga and was just so excited to keep learning more about the pelvis and going through my own journey of sexual exploration. And I was, you know, had been off and on with a uh, couple different significant partners during this entire time and that was showing up more and more was paying attention like what's happening down there and feeling so disconnected and feeling so um like wow I don't know anything 
<laughs> so part of what I was experiencing through learning for my profession was like self-exploration and just curious about my own body. And that felt really good to then apply everything I was learning to myself first, kind of like a little guinea pig, and then taking all of this information out there to the public and to patients. And it was in January, February-ish of 2019 that I started my own practice, Being Better. And I started going into people's homes and teaching in-person workshops um, all around North County. And, you know, I mentioned in the trailer for the show that I I really needed this whole being kind of healing for myself and my body and honoring my human design as a projector. And just even in doing that, like, you know, human design has actually been woven into my experience, my professional and personal experience quite frequently over the years through friends, through patients who had no idea that I was into this stuff. And it led me to some truly incredible people and experiences. And I've dipped my toes into all kinds of healers and light workers. And I'm just going to kind of go off this little list of people um, or practitioners who supported me and, you know, craniosacral therapy, psych K, energy readings, astrological and human design chart readings, holistic pelvic care therapy, acupuncture, massage, chiropractics, and Reiki. Like all of these things have had moments in my life that helped me not just reverse the things happening in my body, but helping me evolve on my own journey. And that's partially why I love the sign of the Nautilus shell, which is just this spiral, this ever-evolving, growing spiral. So that's the the symbol in a modern take for the Being Better logo, if you haven't noticed that one. But in all this time, too, I, I began to deepen into my own embodiment practices, which included guided movement sessions for things like letting go of scarcity and pain and I started doing numerous photo shoots and, you know, live nude modeling. And all of this was just to help me feel seen for who I was. And I was really submerging myself into the quote unquote work, the inner work, whatever you want to describe it as. Um, specifically through To Be Magnetic, that really helped me integrate my inner child and my shadow, which of course, again, just goes along with up-leveling in my personal life and up-leveling in my professional life. And I read a ton of books and implemented one or two practices maybe from each of them because I, I mean, you can read all you want, but until you take the space to integrate, your life won't necessarily change. So come to now, right? I mean, this has been just four years since I started being better. And it's been four years of trial and error, maybe not even error. It's just lessons learned over and over and a certain level of up-leveling. And I've come to this place of where I cycle sync most, if not every aspect of my life, including the fitness as best as I can, the nutrition as best as I can, the creative side for not only my 
just inner pleasure, like ceramics or um, decorating or any kind of art. I apply it to the way I run business and it's truly just changed my life for the better. I haven't gotten burnt out since I worked in a clinic and I track my menstrual cycle now, which is another form of embodiment and that includes looking at my cervical mucus every day, taking my basal body temperature and marking all of that down. You can also track your cervical position if you wanted to add one more layer for natural birth control, which is, you know, um, fertility awareness method, FAM method. And that's truly just another way of life, right? But it's it's a portal. Understanding your menstrual cycle and your pelvis is a portal for honoring my feminine in a healthy and loving way. And another practice I continue to dabble in on whatever frequency feels good for me, depending on the season of my life, is self-pleasure and intimacy practices. And that could be stuff on my own for sure, but also just incorporating my partner, the love of my life. And that helps us remain close and seen for each other. And we can deepen into our experiences together. So you know, I think just that part too is is so, it's been so awakening and eye-opening for me because another thing for personal and professional up-leveling is being in relationship with the humans in your life. And they're all mirrors for you, right? So I've definitely been able to see where I can be better. And I just wanted to mention that I... I did do a quick prayer for this podcast and, you know, I, I didn't want this just to be like kind of a self-centered podcast episode where I was sharing all about this, but in sharing this story of where I've come from and where I find myself now, you know, in a fully more embodied place. And incorporating all these aspects of my being, right? Like I mentioned, this whole being kind of healing. I've truly learned to apply all of this to myself, where it was like a physical practice, a spiritual practice, an emotional regulation practice. And I and I mean, I don't need to mean to say that I'm completely healed by any means because you know, life is going to throw so many things at us. But I definitely feel like I have thickened and um, really made my toolbox nice and heavy. I feel well equipped with many resources and friends and practitioners that I'm so excited for you all to listen to and hear their stories. And yeah, I just, I wanted... I wanted this podcast to not only be about me telling you things, about telling you things that I've learned and why you should apply them to your life in your own way, because this isn't, I mean, disclaimer, this isn't all medical advice. You definitely have autonomy to hear what's being said and take what resonates and leave the rest. But telling you isn't the same as embodying it. And that is 
truly what I wanted my life to be. And that's really important to me. And that's what lights me up is by letting my life be one big moving prayer, living this life and embodying it and being an example that you honestly don't need to follow by any means. But if any of my story or way of living resonates with you at all or helps light up your path for wherever you are in your journey, it's worth sharing and talking about. And it just, it's been a wonderfully messy period in my life, but also looking back, it's, it just was, and it just is. And I love my path. I love my design. I love continuing to deepen in all of my practices and connecting all the most divine parts of myself and finding union within all of them. That's kind of like living the yoga, right? And maybe I wouldn't say I'm on the other side of everything and that's okay because I think part of this process is just being in the journey with you and it doesn't maybe help that to be completely finished or being on the other side doesn't doesn't always help everyone. It's just kind of like we're on this ride together and this podcast can be a space for the collective where we're all just learning. We're all up-leveling. We're all sharing. That's why I created the phasic community so that we could be in relation about it and learn from each other. So I'm just really excited for this podcast to unravel and we get to talk through all the things together, all the so-called taboo which it's just not anymore, especially on this podcast. And I'm just so excited to see how all of these upcoming conversations land for you. And so just to close it out, I just, I want to take a deep breath with you. And you can do whatever you need to do with your body. You can shift, but you don't have to shape yourself in any way. Just inhale through your nose, fill up your lungs. Exhale, let it go with a soft jaw. And I want to thank you for listening to my little story from the bottom of my heart. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Justek. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health, no matter what stage in life you're in. I'd be honored to support you along your journey.